So from there, Cali, right? Stanford first. Yeah. So I'm big. I'm a big, big chorus section. Like lately, I've been like binge listening to every podcast you've been on, just really trying to. Like I told you, I'm working on something, so I'm trying to. He's one of the guys that I'm kind of stealing from, and you know, sampling to be like, okay, let me get the philosophy down and understanding certain stuff. So, Corey is, is one of the few guys when it comes to strength and conditioning. He's one of the few guys that I strategically follow and look up to. Um, so, give me something that you learned from him specifically, because like you said, his philosophy and stuff is so almost abnormal when it comes to basketball. And it's it's so left field, and it just it kind of shocks people, especially if you're not open minded or if you're not you know uh, used to the mindset, strength, condition. So, give me something that you learned from Corey. With Corey, and the biggest thing, I think a lot of times when people the concept, we all know the term, you know, thinking outside the box. And I think the biggest thing I learned from Corey is that there is no box. There's no box to begin with. And then what that really means is like he just opened my mind. You see it through his training, but he just opened my mind to traditional training concepts, what that could mean going forward in a sense that what can we expand on? What to what works really well that we can keep? What do we need to do without that's probably not good anymore based on current research and literature and stuff like that? But um, just be open minded, really. Right. And then mm-hmm. just get ready with boxing. What are you looking for from a training perspective? Okay, cool. What do we need to execute that? Execute it. Or if I'm working with certain athletes or I think a lot of times people get handcuffed to training um, methods. And for me, I've always said, like, be sound in your principles, but be adaptable in your methods. Your principles should be the same, right? Mm. If I look at the essentials of strength conditioning text, it probably says it right in the beginning. Two rules of strength conditioning. Rule number one, not in any order, but rule number one, prevent injury. And rule number two, improve performance. So – if you're always checking those boxes right there, don't get so caught up in the modality or the training method. Like don't, mm. some people get like pigeonholed or I really love clean. So we're going to do cleans. Like you might not have to now personally, like I love cleans, like don't get me wrong. And I do like training athletes for that or with that. But if they're not really good at it and it's taken away from like the training opportunity, I might do something totally different. I might do like a trap bar clean, for example. And I say that cause Corey, right outside the box. Yeah. But, um, and that's where I got that concept for. And like, you see people do it now, they might turn in their corner to something different, but again, right? Like, what is the training adaptation I'm looking for? Is it exactly the same or is it close enough? Can I get those same effects? Can I get, ultimately, can I get those force outfits that I'm looking for? Cause really, I feel like your training program, what really sees improvement is like the athlete's ability to work with intent or really pr- give effort, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's the biggest thing I learned from Corey, man, just being open-minded with the training, and then don't get handcuffed by anything, man. Like, if your training style not working, like, be ready to adapt it. Have some reason behind it, right? Don't just adapt it just because. But that goes into being a coach, like, identifying metrics and stuff you're looking for, understanding how to, like, apply the training to hopefully elicit those results. And then if not, okay, what went wrong? What do I need to change? Or I got these athletes and they've never cleaned before. My program had clean set up. Maybe you need to modify and do something different. Maybe you need to regress it. I don't know. But – um that all depends like on your situation. Things are different. Like what if they didn't like, Oh, well, I like doing trap bar cleans. Okay. What if they, what if your gym or team didn't have trap bars? Now what, mm. you know, so, so like, that's why like you really can't get handcuffed to your methods or like your tools that you may have. Cause you may work at a school, like a high D one school where we have access to everything. You could also work at a mid major, even like at the lower level, like D two, D three. And 
you got one rate room share with a whole bunch of people. So you might not even have access to the barbells because the other team uses them, you know? So yeah. sounding your principles, adaptable in your methods. And then I think handling that approach. And then again, you checking those first boxes, right? Reduce chances of injury, improve performance. And then the basics, man, bare minimal. If you can do that, like you'll be all right. But I think Corey like really opened the, my mindset because the training I saw before is very clear and cut. And then mm-hmm. his, like I said, you know, it's just against, against the grain and it just opened my mind and my perspective to it. Yeah, because for me, I personally, like, I don't really, I was hooper first, and then I, I groomed to be more into the strength and conditioning. So for mm-hmm. my background of strength and conditioning, it isn't strength and conditioning. It's more of just, like, just basically performance and what makes sense. And since I got onto Corey so early, I don't have more of the black and white mindset. So, like, me personally, I don't, I've never touched Olympic lifts, so I'm not going to teach or train it. And it's because of Corey. Like, why would I even learn that if it's not even useful, you know what I mean? Not to knock anybody who does do that, because it's like you said, it's whatever gets the output that you're looking for by any means, do what you gotta do. You feel me? So for me personally, that's not what I do. But being introduced to Corey and his methods and stuff so early, it really shifted, not even shifted, but it framed my mindset to where this is what strength and conditioning is, especially for basketball. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like a principle, I don't say a principle, what I took from him, like you said, it's being outside of the box. So now, like you said, for me personally, there is no box. So I'm open-minded to anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like a principle that I have for me now. It's like, because I'm working on like probably like four different programs right now, which I don't need to be doing. I need to slow down and focus on one thing. But it's another conversation. But um, but yeah, that's something kind of that I kind of stole from him, man. Like, And that's something that I appreciate from him. Because like, if you listen to his story, it's like he's not married to anything at all. Like he's shifted from this method to that method from this idea to that idea. And it's like, I'm pretty sure the core right now is nothing like the core from two years ago, like the core from five years ago, because like he says, he says all the time, I have different athletes. I have different situations, different circumstances. So I can't be the same guy with the same program because I with this level of college player, this level of college player to now pro athletes. It's well like training these pro guys. Like I did a D2, D3, even some D1 guys. Like that's not the, that's dumb. Like what I sit here and, do that it's not apples to apples so i really appreciate that from him man but for you personally what are some of your principles that you have now like you said like be solid in your principles so what are some of your principles um honestly the biggest one and this might be a lot of people's principles but a big stickler for me is like just quality movement and i relate that to i think everybody's big on analogies now whether you're a rapper or a strength coach but uh <laughs> to, to play it to analogies movement in a sense that having a strong foundation, right? Like you wouldn't build a house on like a crappy foundation. So for me, like your foundation is your movement quality. Why would I try to load you up with a really heavy back squat when you can't even body weight squat? Like you don't like, it's all bad. So one cleaning up the movement, um, but then also understanding like the athletes that you have in front of you. And I'll bring up college, for example, those guys, like they have to get stronger, right? They have to get faster, things like that. So you have to take that into consideration where, yeah, I want you moving with sound quality. I want you moving with sound quality, but in the same token, I still have to get you stronger. So my other uh, method or excuse me, my other principle would be strength is king. Like I'm, I'm big on that. And now how you de- define or describe strength, like that's different. Um, it could be absolute strength, like you move this weight, but basketball and like sport in general is played with context, right? So it's not just how much can you move, it's how much can you move, how fast can you move it? So mm-hmm. 
another area of strength might be reactive strength or, you know, things of that nature, or I might even say like speed strength where speed is more of a component, right? We're more looking for the velocity of movement or strength speed where velocity of movements in, included, but I'm still looking at strength, right? So it depends on what constraints you want to have or what did you want to apply. But my two biggest ones, as far as principles, I would say strength is king, um, movement quality, strength is queen too, like for my female hoopers out there and like listeners, like I don't, I don't uh, discriminate on that in at all, but uh, strength, big movement quality, those are the two biggest. And then honestly, consistency over time. And I think over and over people, coaches know like, yo, anything works all the time nothing works some of the time like you know how that goes and yeah honestly like you can do a training program no matter how i feel about it i might not like it at all but it might work for six weeks and then now am i wrong or is the person the, you know if somebody else is wrong because like i didn't think it was good enough for like but you saw results but again that comes with con- if you're doing something consistently it's probably gonna work and that honestly when you think about the ten thousand hour rule right you do something for you accumulate ten thousand hours doing something at the end of the day, more often than not, you're probably going to be really good at it or at least like considered like an expert. Um, yeah. If you do spend 10,000 hours on something and you didn't get better, at one point did you not decide to quit? But that's a joke and another story. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, them three, man, big strength, um, movement quality, and then consistency. Any results I've seen, whether it be with myself, whether it be with um, athletes or clients I had the pleasure of working with, like you being consistent, it'll work. Some of your clients, like if you're in a, a private setting and you only see them once a week, but they're not really seeing results. It's like, well, what are they doing the rest of the week? Maybe that once a week isn't enough. Whereas in a team setting where athletes for the most part are required to, you know, work out a certain amount of time. So in a college setting, if you're lifting four days a week mm-hmm. and you have to, and you're consistent, you're probably going to see results again. Like if you're doing sound training, if you're holding guys accountable in the gym, you're probably going to like, you know what I'm saying? You're going to see results. So honestly, like I add that to accountability too. I add that one in there for as far as like my principles, but uh strength, movement quality, consistency, and then accountability, them four, probably my big principles. Mm-hmm. And then applying that in the training context, right? So understanding like what's demands and like what's needed in the game of sport, being consistent with that, holding guys accountable, making sure they're not cutting corners, cutting reps, missing lifts, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Getting the extra work done. Um, and then, yeah, man, then moving quality, right? Just doing it, doing the things right. Like, and make it, and like, like, that and like having them take ownership, like autonomy and things like that in the weight room. So you want to squat heavy, you got to earn it. Your teammates squatting heavy, cool. That's not you because you you haven't checked these box initial boxes first. You need to do it better. And then we can add weight. And then that's teaching guys like ownership, but like taking pride in like their work. It's like, yo, I want you to do a squat, have it look really good. I can post it. And then I don't have to worry about the internet uh, gu- uh, goons coming for me talking about the form or anything like that too, right? Because that's the thing. But um, like, and I tell them, like, honestly, like now that I bring that up, I would joke. Yo, man, here, like, hey, coach, record it. Like, all right, but if it don't look good, I'm not posting it. Matter of fact, don't you post it because, like, I'll, 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 I'll be in your DMs, like, talking trash. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, I, no, that's again, like, I'm just using it as a tool, using it as an example, but yeah. that's something I would do there. But, yeah, man, those, those would be my four uh, big rocks, my principles that I would stand on. So, mental toughness is one of the biggest things that I know pretty much every coach preaches to the players. And also, one of the biggest factors in a player's game is the mental toughness. So um, I know that a lot of coaches wish their players would be mentally tougher and they struggle with teaching them and understanding, you know, what mental toughness is to apply it to the game. So to help you guys out, I wrote a whole ebook breaking down what mental toughness is, different factors that make up what mental toughness is, and uh, different ways that you can apply it to your life. 
and your game because it's a good blend of uh, the player and the person of how both sides of you can grow in your mental toughness. So I wrote I broke it down in the ebook, the mental toughness playbook. The whole ebook is about fifty pages, a little less than fifty pages. Easy to read. A simple breakdown of what mental toughness is, different factors and different areas in it that impact your mental toughness and uh, how you can grow and develop in there. So if you're interested in it, send the description below. So go ahead and look in the uh, hit that link and invest into yourself by investing into your mindset and mental toughness. Because I personally believe that um, your your brain and your mind is so much powerful than you give it credit. So invest into your mindset and then your body will follow afterwards. So the mental toughness playbook, get the ebook below. Uh, if you tune into it, thank you. I appreciate it. If not, it's fine. Get back to the rest of the episode. See you later. Hmm. I think I think that was a good, four good ones, man. Because uh, like we need strength. You know, not necessarily in the terms of being the Hulk, being LeBron, being Dwight Howard. Like, you don't have to be Zion level of power. You just, you need to be strong. And that's relative to what your position, your body, your skills, what, what, what do you need to perform at this level? You feel me? So you need strength. You need movement because once again, basketball is, is a very fluid movement sport. Like you mm-hmm. It's hard for you to be good. This isn't the 80s and 90s when I could just overpower you and just beat you up and I get a bucket. Like Magic Johnson just used to just post Mark Jackson, just back you down and I get a bucket. This isn't, you know, David Robson, I just overpower you. Shaq, why I just drop step you and elbow you and chicken wing in your face and I just dunk on you. This isn't that anymore. You have yeah. to be fluid in movement. KD is very smooth. He's seven foot. He's just as tall as the other seven footers, but he's big guard. <laughs> it's, it's big guard. You feel me? So, yeah, big guard. Yeah, so that's, that's basically like very four solid principles, you know, to, to stand on. So I respect that, man. Um, what was next? So after Stanford, Sacramento, yeah, with the Kings, and that's where you got the jersey, right? Yeah. Vince so Carter. that um, Vince Carter, he was with the Kings, but that's the the throwback. That's the Raptors jersey. But um, yep, yep, yep. with the Kings, I finished the internship, and uh, Ramsey had this funny story. Funny, always funny to me, but he hit me up. He texts me and says, "Yo, man, you you got a you got a, a duffel bag? You got a bag?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Bring it tomorrow." And I'm like, "Okay." And I'm thinking, like, "What are you about to give me?" I think he's about to give me a, a bunch of like old practice jerseys. Some I don't I have no idea. But um, so I pull up there and he's like, "Man," and we're all cool, right? And mm-hmm. like when I say cool, like we friends, like we boys, like like for real, for real. Um, so and I, I say that because Ram's not one to like. He was kind of shy, not really shy, but like Ram not wanting like in those moments, like he he is a very thoughtful dude, but like to see him act it out is like mad funny. So uh, I say that because he's like, yo, man, he was trying to say it without laughing, but he was like, I want to token my appreciation, you know, all your hard work. I got I got something for you. And I'm like, I'm looking like what? And like, so I could because it's funny, but he gives me that jersey. I'm like, oh, man, I, I was so happy because um, one of those Vince Carter. And I was like, man, it's a throwback jersey like Vince right there. And it was just it was a, a real nice gift. Um, one of the nicest gifts I, gifts I ever got. It took me forever to get it in a frame. I got in a frame like maybe two years ago, finally. But um, so that's how I ended up getting the jersey. That's how I got that gift. But that was just, it was a token of appreciation. But for me, it was like, it was a symbol of the time I was with the Kings, like the camaraderie we had with the boys, with that staff, between our, the strength coaches and the athletic trainers, like that whole sports performance staff. Like we were locked in, we're on point. We might not agree with everything, but at the end of the day, we had a common goal of being better making sure these players are better, giving our best, and, like, we rock. So 
man, that was a uh, no. That's where the uh, Jersey came from. But that was it was a good time with them. I respect that, bro. Like, I don't, I never met the guy or anything like. But it seems like he's a very stand up dude from what I've seen for following him, man. Like, and for him to do that for you, bro, like that's because that's not that's not like a uh, just the average Vince Carter. Like you said, that's a throwback, unique one. So. Mm-hmm. There was some thought put behind that one. Just alone, just like knowing how that jersey is, there was some thought put behind that one. You feel me? Oh, so yeah. I respect that for sure. Cause that that's now I want one. I'm not a Vince Carter <laughs> guy like that, but still, like I'm <laughs> no nah, man. So uh from there to Boston, right? For you, man. Yep. So uh after the Kings, that's when I was at uh I was at Auburn, got my master's there at Auburn, and then I went to uh, oh, UMass. So yeah. So, gotta, gotta slow down. I'm a Bama oh, boy, so I I'll okay. be reminiscent if I don't slow down and pause there. So we, we chopped so, it up. We talked about this part. You mm-hmm. were there with Bruce Pearl, right? Yep. So, so with, uh, go, no, with go that, I got you. So this one, uh, Auburn's actually, um, when I'm telling you, man, like you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you know. But uh, so I uh, spoke about it earlier. Like I get uh, me and Damer on the phone. I end up coming up to Auburn. Um, but before that, Bruce Pearl, if you – Go back in his history before he was at Auburn, he was at Tennessee. Before he was at Tennessee, he was at UW Milwaukee. I'm from Milwaukee. Um, and at that time, his son, who's his assistant coach at uh, Auburn right now, um, was going to school in Milwaukee and we went to school together. So I went to middle school and high school with him, uh, Stephen. Um, and when he had, when his, Bruce Pearl got the job at Tennessee, he moved to Tennessee. So like he left. I think I was a freshman or sophomore in high school when he had, when Stephen had left. But uh, anyway, so that's the origination. When an mm-hmm. Auburn uh, opportunity became about, Damon hit up Stephen, and uh, he said like, or at first I hit up Stephen like when I when I connected the dots and just told him like, hey yo, I might be getting this opportunity. So Stephen pulls up in the weight room and Stephen loves the lift like that's my guy like I gotta give him his props like my do- my dog there's assistant coaches out there he's the strongest one in the country I'll say that now, <laughs> but uh, he's a big dude too so I'm, I'm gonna give him his his uh, his props but uh, Stephen goes up to Damon in the weight room he's like yo you about to hire Josh Washington. And Damon's like, how do you know that? And Steven was like, man, I used to go to high school with dude. So that was like a done, like, not that that was the reason why, but you talk, you're looking for icing on a cake or something to confirm, like, yo, you know what you're going to do. That was it. So Damon was like, yeah, I knew this is the dude. So um, I get to Auburn. It was love right away off the bat. Bruce Pro pulled up. Um, how Bruce is on TV, I know people probably wonder, like, that's, a, that's, that's him. Like, that's how he is. Like, it's, it's not a facade. Like, that's him. My dude's animated. He loves basketball, loves the game, but he's an exciting person. You see that when you're around him. Um, again, like the whole team embodied family. Like that's Bruce has got how many kids he got? Like Bruce got four or five kids. I can't even count them all, but um, like very family oriented. Like you see that in his team. So um, it was love from the start. I was fortunate enough. I got there. And then that first year we went to the final four. Um, a part of those guys, a part of that team is nothing I did. So I'll be on record saying that, but you get there and like you see like a whole team demeanor change. But when I say I like I got there in June, July and then August hit. So we had came back from break and then bow. We go back to school, really pick up training. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you see like the whole dude's attention. Honestly, you saw it in July, but you see it in August real early before season even started. I'm like, wait a minute. Like you dudes are really locked in really soon. Like already I'm like. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, why y'all locked in like this? Like y'all must think y'all finna make a run. Y'all must. Wait a minute, y'all really? Oh, y'all not just like win the conference chip. Y'all really think y'all can like do something? 
but it's early in July. I'm not saying like I saw it coming or anything like that, but it was just weird, like their attention to deep, how locked in they were. Like these dudes were like, they were on one. I, I've never seen nothing like that so early in the season, but then lo and behold, they go on a really nice run, you know, going to the final four. But um, you saw early on. So I say that because when we make the run, I'm like, in retrospect, I was like, man, I can't really be surprised because like I've seen it already. They probably, but they probably didn't know what was going to happen to what extent. But did they believe that that could happen? Yes, they play like that. I mean, people are talking, hitting my phone. I'm like, man, the way y'all play, like they they shoot crazy. I'm like, but those guys put the work in. So again, like listeners, especially if you're aspiring to make it that level, dudes don't sh- like you have to get shots up out of practice. I'll say that right right now. Like those dudes, they lived outside the gym, like they were hoopers. They're gym rats. It was very easy to get them to play basketball or do the things we're asking because they already played ball 24-7. They were like, we didn't really, con- they did their own conditioning, to be honest with you, like, because they played all the time. We go through weights, we go through a full two-hour practice, later that night, guys would still be in the gym. So that all played a factor when you see them going. And like, for me, like those guys, I'd be mad if I got beat by a team who didn't play basketball. And what I mean by that, like, not just at practice, like, do you play basketball or do you play basketball? And, you know, and if you're listening, you know the difference. If you don't, it probably don't apply to you, unfortunately, but um, like mm-hmm. those dudes, like, you know what I'm saying? So they took, they had a chip on their shoulder. Every team they played, it was, I'm at your neck. And like, I love that mentality, like that dog mentality. Those are the type of players Bruce Pearl recruit and they were hungry, man. So very fortunate to be a part of them. The two and a half years, the two seasons I was there, part of them, they won 77% of the games. And that's an testament to the coach. That's a testament to the culture that he helped that he helped build. That's a testament to the players. Nine ten, everybody had it every day, but as a collective group, we had it every day. I'll say that, and I'll say that because the coach didn't have. It. Yo, you muted. You muted. Can you hear me now? There you go. There you go. AirPods died. It's all good. But um, for the the coaches like. If you didn't have it, one of your other coaches is going to pick you up. Same thing for the players. If you didn't have it that day, one of your teammates was going to pick you up and was you was going to bring it or you was going to give what you had. So um, that was the – yeah, man, we we're family. We went hard. And then, we I mean, we kicked it. We hung out hard too, like whether it be going to events with the team. I mean, those dudes really hung out with each other outside of practice. So, like, I think that's a big thing too that people forget. Like, that team chemistry, like, man, you can't – nothing like it. And if you can get it and you can replicate it, great. But you can't. That's something you can't fake. So um, for them to have that, still go hard, still rock with each other, still celebrate each other's successes when it may not be my time to shine. I'm gonna make sure my my homie gets his flowers. I'm gonna boost my teammate. I'm gonna gas him up because one, at the very least, like I know he would do the same for me. So it was cool just to see that at that level with those guys because you see people could be selfish, be jealous, but nah, man, they weren't like that at all. Mm. So give me a good story from them teams, man, or at least specifically that year, that team, man. Because like I said, I'm a Bama boy. I I, I want to give something to my my Bama fans, man. Well, no, follow that from the people from Alabama that are Auburn fan. I had to make sure there's the clarification on that. I ain't trying to get nobody killed me, so you know. But give me a good story, something from that team that you know that stick um, up that sticks out to you. Hmm. Honestly, man, it's it's plenty of stories. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but my favorite is uh. <clears throat> So the two players, uh, Malik Dunbar, I usually don't shout out players' names, but I'll shout them out because they're my boys. But Malik and uh, Jared, they always had little sayings in practice, and they would say them so often that other people started saying them. It became a thing. 
So I say that because anytime like we're about to uh, we're warming up during practice and there was a drill we did or one of the exercises, squat stretch. And usually one of the players lead it. So Malik would always lead it. And then for him, he would always say squat, like sing it. And it was a thing. And he liked to sing. So I say that because he won. He got the guys like anytime he said that, like, OK, cool. Like it's routine. We know what the drill is. So we would do that. And then pregame, he would do the same thing. He says about that time, like he would sing it and like everybody would sing it too. the coaches would even sing it. It seemed funny. You know, some dudes lock in serious. He was he wasn't that dude. Like he was like, I'm a lock in. But like, I got to be free. I got to be loose. Like, that's how I am. Mm-hmm. And dudes loved that. So the energy on that end. And then Jared at practice, he would always say in a little squeaky voice intentionally, he would say, can I get Gatorade? But it was it was funny because his teammates, again, like you, basketball, you know, like when you really rock with somebody, you're going to make fun of them. You're going to pick on them. And it ain't really disrespect. It's all love. So his teammates would mimic Jared doing that. And it was like a little thing in the practice. Can I get, like that dudes would say that like and then hand out Gatorades, you know, doing what have you. But um, I'm trying to think of one like moment. Matter of fact, I bring this up. So we talked about Kobe and I talked about how life is too short and things like that. And uh, one of my players, we had got into it. Um, he was uh, he was sitting out that year due to transfer rules before, you know, they kind of tweaked it again. And mm-hmm. I knew I, could t- I know he was getting irritated that he wasn't playing. He was feeling some type of way. We get into it one day and uh, he wasn't talking to me. He got mad. He was kind of butthurt. He wasn't talking to me. I'm stubborn. I can own my mistakes. But um, so we weren't really on speaking terms like that. But then Kobe died and he knew how much I love Kobe. It was like when I say it hit me, like I don't even I never met the man. I don't know him. But like mm-hmm. Kobe fans, like I don't know what it is. Like when it happened, like I was like, damn. So um, he had came up to me one day. He was like, yo, man. He was like, I just wanted to apologize. And I looked at him. I was like, man, you ain't got to apologize. He's like, no, nah, for real. Like, I just want to say sorry, man. Like, the way I was acting, like, that wasn't cool. But he was like, man, Kobe died. He was like, life too short. He was like, I know you're a big fan. I was like, bro, like, dog, come here, dog. And then, like, so gave me a hug. We embraced. And uh, been cool ever since. But honestly, it was like a little moments like that, that even though, like, we was at each other's necks, he realized like what's really important. Like, yo, like this little beef we got ain't, ain't important at all. I could die the next day. He could die the next day. I could never had a chance to say sorry. So props to him for growing in that moment, being a man, him being a bigger person, coming to me, you know what I'm saying? And then we squash it right on. So I was like, dog, like it's, I told him, I was like, yo, it's never personal. Like, trust me, like it's never personal. Like I want the same for you. And if I don't, or if you ever feel like that, bring it to my attention. We could talk. But um, that little moment right there, like I thought that was cool because we grew I saw him grow individually as a person, but then it also like changed my perspective or at least my approach with players. You never know what they got going on. If I don't like when I'm a coach, like how do I not know I should ask, right? <laughs> Again, hey, mm-hmm. what you got going on? So it could be I pull up, let's go get lunch. Or you just worked out. I go to lunch with you. I go, let's mm-hmm. go get breakfast. If I'm asking you to wake up early and go eat, the least I can do is pull up and eat with you. So coaches out there listening, like if you got an athlete that you can't connect with, pull up on them. See him, he needs to see you, or she needs to see you outside the weight room, outside the practice court. So if you're not at their games, go to their games. If you can go to lunch with them, you know what I'm saying? Like be be around, like let them know you really care. It's way more than them reps on the court, them reps in the weight room. Like it's it's deeper than that. So mm. yeah, man. That was uh that was my time at Auburn. That's uh, the one good story I got. Mm. That's a good one, man. I think I think that's probably every hooper's favorite thing about you know, the games, like the locker room and the culture and everything. That's probably like the biggest thing that that's probably what, what all hoopers miss about. Like, of course, they miss the competition and stuff, too. But it's like the camaraderie and the brotherhood, the sisterhood for the ladies of like what comes with the game. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So that that small story that you just gave, 
I can see it in my brain of like everybody rallying around, rallying around. Just the simple stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it gets it warms my heart just to be like, man, I missed that, you know, part of hooping, man. But it's like so, simple, small stuff like that is what translates to on the floor things. Like, like you said, if you know, you know. Like I, I can't really detail explain. It's a small chemistry point that ties on the floor. So mm-hmm. me being cool with you off the floor or a small little stuff than jokes we have in the weight room or the locker room or whatever translates to me trusting you more on the floor too. Translates to, you know, being uh, like sacrificing a little bit more on the floor. Because mm-hmm. if we got tension, it's, it's a little bit harder for me to rock with you on the court. Like, why would I make the extra pass when I got 19 points and this would give me over 20? Well, I'm on the heater and a good team, I'll go ahead and make the extra kick. A struggling team, we ain't that cool. I'm on the heater, bro. Forget you. Like, uh, I don't worry about it. And like small stuff like that is just like, man, like that makes a big difference. And it's like the small details between a good team and a great team. So oh, it's yeah. like that I can tell that's part of why that team was successful. Oh like, yeah. Definitely. Big part too. Yeah. So um I'm I'm really interested in, in this relationship that you have in in uh Boston, man. So how did you meet her? Was that like a uh happenstance thing? Did you you know pull up on her like yo, it's me? Like what are we doing here? I wait, oh oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, time hold on real quick. I got a I just got a quick question for you. All right, okay, look, 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 look. So what is your goal? Like what are you going after right now in your life? Right? Are you looking to make the team? Okay, you didn't make the team but you're looking to figure out how to make the team coming up. Or maybe you made a team, but you're riding the bench. You're not playing like you want to. Or maybe you're playing a little bit like you want to, but you're not a starter or you're not finishing the games like you want to. Or maybe you're the player, but you're just, you're just not quite where you want to be as far as recognizing your county or maybe your conference or your state, whatever you're trying to be recognized at. Um, whatever your goal is, I want you to forget about that. Like put it like, it put it on the board or something, write it down in your phone and just put it somewhere and tuck it away. I want you to take that goal, throw it over there, and now I want you to write a new one, right? I want you to write P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S. Progress. I want you to make progress your goal, okay? So take that big goal that you have now and take it, put it in your back pocket, and just figure out how to make progress and work towards that goal. Because sometimes we get so caught up on the goal of the, the end goal where we want to be that we don't keep working forward and looking working towards that goal like we should be. So every day I want you to wake up and figure out how to just make progress. How can I be better today than I was yesterday? It's been new tomorrow. The same exact thing. Figure out how can I be better today than I was yesterday. It doesn't matter how good you are or what you did yesterday. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Your goal today is to make progress be better than you was yesterday. And so just if you need a reminder about that, all I want you to do is to have a reminder. I want you to go ahead and get one of these hoodies. Or you get you a t-shirt. I got a couple options for you. So get you a hoodie or a t-shirt just just to remind yourself, just to keep it as a a memento to be like, man, today's goal is to make progress. My only goal is to make progress. Progress is the only goal. So if that fits you and you feel like you need to make progress to be your goal, go ahead and hit the link in the description below and invest into yourself, invest into that reminder. Treat it like an alarm clock to remind you that you need to make progress. Make sure that you're focused and being intentional about the work that you have today. 
So progress is the only goal. Uh, hit the description below to invest into yourself. It's not about me. Investing into yourself to remind yourself that progress is my goal for today. So that, that's enough for me, man. I hope I didn't interrupt you. Get back to the episode. Yeah, man. Uh, we're hurting when we had met. Like I said, we're spending a lot of time together. COVID kind of, we had a lot of free time due to COVID. So it really kind of accelerated things in our relationship. So a lot of things that people have to take time to experience, we really got that like sped up. Um, but it got to a point where like, yo, man, like I knew who I wanted to spend my life with. And like I said, COVID wasn't really a thing. So that transition into me resigning from there, me moving out to, um, to Houston to be with her. And honestly, like Amherst, Massachusetts, and then Houston, Texas, like it's a totally different vibe environment. I relate to it a little bit more. Um, so, uh, it was a no brainer to come down here with her, my current opportunity, uh, when I was at UMass. Great time, great relationship with all the players. No issue and nothing like that there. Um, honestly, would have stayed otherwise. But I think uh, just from some figures, whether it be athletic staff or department or anything like that, it's just there's some things we didn't see eye to eye, on, eye to eye on. So when it came to like making that decision, the players—that's what made the decision hard. Not anything else. Not the actual like job or anything like that. But the players, the ones that made the decision hard. But uh, ultimately, like it was a no-brainer that. Like, I'm in love with her. Like, that's my woman. Like, that's what I plan on being with for the rest of my life. Like, and long distance wasn't an option. So, like, it was already the decision was kind of made for me. And uh, honestly, with me, man, I've been going with my heart, like, trusting my gut for as long as I can remember. It has yet to steer me wrong. So, at the end of the day, like, I'm always going to roll that way. And then we'll see where the dust settles or, you know, when the chip stack, where they at. So, that was uh, that was why we moved from UMass, but um, came down here. It's been great ever since, dog, to be honest. <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't know if I could have did that, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I really don't know. Like, that's a, that's a tough call because a lot of times we can get so caught up in our work and what we're doing mm -hmm. that it's really about what we got going on first. So I, I really do respect the fact that you would sacrifice you and what you had going on to support her, so she could do what she needed to do, and it didn't break up y'all. So. I don't know. I'm not saying I couldn't have. I'm just saying I really don't know. That's that's the situation. Well, I don't know. To be, be to be honest with you too, like thinking about it in retrospect, like maybe a couple years prior, I probably been like, yeah, nah, can't do it, sorry, and mm -hmm. would just handle it as is. But I don't know, man. It was different. Like when I met her, when I said like we kicked it every day, and like you just when people say like, man, when you know, you know, and like that was something I knew. I ain't never had to question it not once. Like I just knew mm -hmm. so. Again, like I trust my gut. I mean, it worked out for me. It worked out for us. Everything been cool ever since. Um, it's funny because some people thought like, man, that's not going to work. That's a bad idea. And then, I mean, you look a year later, I'm like, well, we got a baby girl. We getting married. So, I mean, if you had to ask me if I thought I was working out, I'm like, yeah, very well, very much so. So, <laughs> I mean, like I like I'm living good, like happy. We had just bought a house down here. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I missed the field. I'm going to get back in. I'm going to try to at least. I mean. It all like everything happens for a reason. And for me, yeah. like I, I, I've learned how to how like life and how the universe tends to flow. So I'm not pressed. I'm not like or anything like that. I'm just I'm taking it as it comes. And then, like we said before, like every day, I'm just trying to get my best effort and then I can live with that. So it's been good, man. I got zero complaints. Salute to you, man. Like, I'm happy for you, bro. Like, that's 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 dope, bro. And so, um, like you said, currently, you're kind of, you know, teetering with, you know, 
growing your business and supporting your wife, man. So like, what is like your current situation? I see from your Instagram and stuff, it seems like you're mainly out of your, like the garage that you have. So yep. uh, how does, how do you kind of run your business as far as that goes? So that one, Houston's crazy. Like there's no zoning law. So you can do basically whatever, whenever, like if you're driving through Houston, like people know, like you'll see a bunch of rundown houses or something like that. And you'll see a really big like mansion and it's just weird. Or you'll be going through a residential area and you'll see an auto body shop. So I say all that uh, when I first moved to Houston, I was working private sector, um, really had to find a job. I wanted to stay with training, but I had to pay bills too. So it was, was private sector that end. But then we had a, found out she was pregnant. Baby was on the way. Like she did not at school all the time, but sometimes she has to go to class. So somebody would have to be at home at some point. And the job I had in the private sector wasn't flexible like that. So I ended up being fortunate enough. I got the opportunity to work with Future. Uh, and for people who don't know, it's Future Fit on Instagram, but it's an online training platform. And basically you get to get me as a coach. So that's like my main job. That's what I do for work. I work from home, but it works out because we have a baby. So I get to be around her those years. It's our first child. Like I want to be around that experience. Right. So I get that opportunity. I get to work from home. I still get to coach people. And then we bought the house. So like I just turned the garage into a gym because one, I can use it. Like I don't have to drive anywhere. It's very like I don't have to pay for a gym membership. Anything I would pay for, I can just put it in the, into gym equipment in the garage. So that was the benefit there. And then it also became like, well, do I really want to go out into a gym and pay somebody or, I would have to use the space, right? So I have to either pay to use the space or if I'm working at an actual gym, they're taking a cut of my money, which I earned, which they didn't. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just allowed me to space. So in that simple answer, I was like, well, I'll just train people out of my garage. Like I train there anyway. And so I took the time to like, you know, set it up and like make it at least like presentable. But then honestly, like if you're a good coach and you do good training, like people will pull up and train like wherever, like it don't matter. I've seen people, really good coaches who just train people in their backyards. And he, the only equipment he brings is what he can, or the only equipment they have is what he could bring with. So, but, Mm -hmm. um, so again, like one is that experience that people are looking for, but then even then like just practicality. So for me, again, like we got a baby, I could go drive out somewhere, but I have to pay somebody or I can just train here. I don't have to worry about paying for the space or anything like that. I don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about availability either. Basically I could train whenever I feel like it. So that's what made it that way. Um, the bigger picture would be to get my own space. So basically I have enough clientele or I had, or I had enough people. Like if I was training in a group setting, I would need my own space. And there's opportunities out there for like that for me here. But again, right. I have to pay to use the space, but when you have more clients, it works out yeah. or you have more clients in like that specific group. Like if I had like a group of five athletes training at once, it would make sense to rent out the space or somebody's space for that hour. But the bigger picture would be to have my own spot and have my own gym too, really. So big picture, long-term goal. I want my own basketball gym and I want a weight room right attached to it. That way I can do all the training I want to do. It's real specific. Mm-hmm. I can run like open gyms or anything like that. Like, you know, bit my business owners who are listening, like anything where it takes to keep the lights on, you know what I'm saying? Like those recurring things that you want to rent out the gym. Cool. You want to rent out a shooting gun. Cool. Like having opportunities to maximize revenue on that end. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a long picture. have my own gym that way. And then really be in a position where I can get back. So Again, like I played D3 ball. I didn't have a strength coach. Even growing up in high school, like I didn't have a trainer, like a basketball trainer. Like everything I learned about basketball, I did on my own. Or I was watching like YouTube in the early beginnings before YouTube is what it is now. But um, like I learned everything on my own. So to be able to be in a position to get back and have resources like that available. Like for me, like I want to be in a position where financially, financially I'm straight enough to where I can go put on a free camp for kids back home. Mm. And it's like, 
you know, you want to do a basketball camp? Because I remember times when I was younger enough, I wanted to ask mom to go to a camp and she would say no because we didn't have the money. Like, some people don't know what that's like. So for me, it's like, OK, cool. I want to go back to Milwaukee where I'm from. I want to run a camp. And guess what? You don't need any money. <laughs> All you got to do is show up. You need a ride. And honestly, get to a point where like, yo, you need a ride. Cool. We send a bus. Pick y'all mm-hmm. up and like give them the opportunity. Get kids off the street, whatever, what have you. But um, that's like long term goals, big things like that, like finding a way to pay it back, pay it forward. That's dope. So you don't see yourself getting back into the team setting, you know, with schools or anything? I do. Um, it will just have to be like the perfect fit. Um, so right now, like even like so the fortunate thing with my fiance, she's with her PhD, she's finishing up year two and she'll the last two years, she can really live wherever. So we're not stuck in Houston, per se. But um, she's from Tampa. I love Florida. Like, I don't have no issue, like, living in Tampa. Like, I just – I don't want to go back to Wisconsin because it's cold. But uh, <laughs> uh, so, like, that um, – after this year, I think I'll revisit more opportunities as far as, like, getting back in it because I do miss it. Um, I do like the company I'm working with now, Future. So, if there's a way I can do both, maybe go down to part-time with them and then full-time, like, with a team or university, like, that'd be great. Yeah. Um I still got my contacts and things like that. And I'm still in training. Right. So it was like the two years or the time I spent away from a team setting. It's not like I fell off. Honestly, I felt like I got better just because I can see things from a different perspective. Now that I had time to be in it and then to be yeah. out of it. And it's like, how would I handle that approach coming back? So in my mind, I'm already geared up for that. It's just a matter of, like I said, I'm learning how life goes. So like the opportunity, like when it presents itself, which I'm sure it will, I'll know when to take it or I'll know when to pass on it. And then, like I said, I've been fortunate enough that like stuff been like coming my way or things been happening the way it has that if I'm meant to be back in it in a team setting, like it'll totally happen. I ain't even pressed on it. But if not, like so be it. But I just know whatever happens, man, like I'm I'm too solid the way I move and like I pay attention like to my habits and stuff like that. In reality, like I try to keep no malice in my heart or hate for anybody. Like, man, like I said, life's too short. Like I'm I'm all about I think about Diddy Diddy when he posts on Instagram, I'm all about love and positivity, but like that's really <laughs> at a stage in my life where I'm at. So mm. if I can find a way to pay it forward or look out for somebody, like say less, but man, I'm happy right now. I know the time will come when it's supposed to, but I'm just enjoying life in this moment. We in. Hmm. I'm with you, man. I'm kind of in that space too, but I don't see me working with a team or nothing. You know, I want to be strictly private, but uh, yeah. So as we wrap up, man, um, we talked about it. We talked, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but I'm big on giving people their flowers. Mm-hmm. You know, Cobb was able to get his flowers. So, um, you know, I, I'm a big component of giving people their flowers so they can smell them, you know. Yeah. So here's your opportunity to give someone their flowers. So who's someone that you feel like is a little underrated, like whether it's a player that you have, a player that you know, worked with, a coach, another trainer, whatever. Just somebody that you feel like is they're, they're grinding, they're working, but they're not getting the respect or the attention they deserve. So who is somebody that you feel like, man, here your flowers, here you go. I see you doing your thing. Salute. Man, that would be a, that's a big list. So um, if I ever forget anybody or don't mention anybody, please don't take it personal. But <laughs> I think the one person, and I'll explain context too, but the one person I would say who maybe doesn't get his flowers would be uh, Damon Davis. So he's Auburn's University men's basketball strength coach. And I say that because he's on Instagram, but he's not really posting like that. Um if I had to like break down like coaches, you have like the the old heads, you know, and you have the new age guys. I'm somewhere in between, but he was what I would classify as the old head. But that's my I always tell him like, yo, that's my OG. Um, just from him looking out for me at Auburn, really trusting me early on, 
And then the faith he had instilled in me right from the jump. Like when I got to Auburn, I was there for my first week. And then the very next week he left and went on vacation and said, no, you got it. I trust you. And like he was mm -hmm. gone all week. So not that I was, I was somewhat like, I wasn't really, that was the only time I was actually really nervous in strength conditioning. And I say that because he left. I'm like, man, you trust me. Like I'm really on my own. Um, but like, I've been doing strength conditioning for the past, like three, four years up until that point. So I was a little nervous at first, but I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. He wouldn't just leave if I didn't really have it like that. So then I started boosting myself. and was like, wait a minute. I was like, man, I am like that as a coach. And mm -hmm. I brought that confidence. I'm like, I took it in the weight room. And honestly, like the dudes kind of fried me in a group check, group text right away. Um, <laughs> just cause like I was real hype and then let life, let reality bring you back down. I was like, nah, humble yourself, young one. And, uh, they kind of fried me in the group chat, but it was like, it was a nice little icebreaker. The training didn't lose a beat. Like we picked back up with training like the next week, nothing changed, but uh, it was mm -hmm. cool in that moment. But Damon's my guy. Like he brought me into his family, like his wife, his two kids, his two dogs. Um, and he not big like that on social media, but I got to give my man his flowers. Cause like when I moved to Auburn, I didn't have a car. He let me use his car anytime. Mm. He's like, yo, you need a car. Like, go ahead. Like I didn't have a, like I didn't have a car, but he's like, bro, if you need it, go ahead. Like, when I needed a ride to the grocery store, like my he looked out for me in that end. Um, I eventually got a car at some point. So like I, I wasn't mooching off a man like that. But uh he would invite me over for dinner and stuff, whatever, what have you. But uh looked out for me, looked out for his players. I don't think he gets enough credit just because he's he doesn't have that social media presence. But in my mind, he's one of the best coaches out there. Um, just what, what I learned from him and what I learned from Ramsey, like dudes who are really good in the field, like they do their research, they put the time in. And so some dudes like the older guys or more experienced when they feel a certain way about their training, it's not to say that they're opposed to like other methods or anything like that. It's that they put so much time in and so much research in. I'm not finna just change my ways because somebody said so. Like, you got to show me something because everything I've been doing, trust me, like I wouldn't go. find. I went to find that information. That's why I'm doing it the way I'm doing it. I'm not just putting stuff together. So I think for Ramsey and uh, for Damon, they really showed me like that approach and like really trying to hone your skill. And I think that's why Damon appreciated me. He saw my resume. So I was like, man, how come he don't have a full-time gig yet? But I told him, it's like, yo, like real shit, excuse my language. My undergrad was in sports management. I didn't know the science side. I wanted to get my master's in exercise physiology. So I really understood. So when I did get my opportunity, and when I taught about early on, like sink or swim, and I got my opportunity, I was ready to swim. Like I wasn't scared. Like I knew what it was. I know what to do. To where like now like when i get a job like i can step in in any situation and more often than not i'll be in a position to like kill it and take care of it just because my mentors who led the way for me and then myself and my own work ethic and my approach in general but um i say that because i'm confident who i am but i'm nothing without them dudes who paved the way for me gave me opportunity to shine gave me opportunity to make my mistakes learn from my mistakes and then ultimately like man like if I give them props, like I give Damon props, but like them props goes out to Ramsey, they go out to Corey, they goes out to Evan, Ernie, dudes like that. If you took me on or took a chance on me like that, that like my flowers go to you. And mm -hmm. I ain't say everybody, but man, the list, I, I mean, I can mention my mama because, you know, <laughs> you know, right? Like, I mean, like, I can mention my fiance, like the, like the list like goes on. But um, as far as like if I kept it to people in the field, those dudes who gave me the opportunity, like each and every one of them, like I'm always appreciative of that. Mm. Shout out to them, man. You know, because like you said, that's that's big time. Like for you to come down there and he really like supported you basically throughout that whole time, and that's that's big time. And so, like you said, I, I appreciate people who took a chance on me, no matter how big or small it was. So, 
I can definitely uh, respect that, man. So uh, it's coming down to the end, man. So I need you to end it strong. So um, yeah. we all understand once you get into the game long enough, you understand that, you know, there are things that you've learned on the court or weight room or whatever that applies. And it's like, man, I remember that my coach told me this in middle school when I was in, you know, seventh grade. And that one little random locker room talk he said, and that just stuck with me. Or, you know, you develop this this character trait throughout the game or whatever and it like it applies to you off the court and in your life now so what is that thing for you man what's the story that you have that just really hits home for you that you just like man this is way bigger than basketball man like this is what i apply to my life now so what is that situation that story or what's that lesson for you for me um yeah this is this is probably my go-to story so but it's, it's real though so for me um I believe in God and I believe in the universe as a whole. And like you pick up on energies and frequencies and stuff like that. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it down a spiritual route, but I say that because a simple example, you walk down the street and you feel somebody's energy right next to you. Like that's real. And I mention all this because you'll notice when you go throughout life, like something's supposed to lead you a certain way. Some aren't, but you can tell based on the energy and like your perception of that. So for me, reading a magazine one day, it's a wild, long time ago. And uh, Men's Health Magazine, it said your favorite celebrities, favorite books. And Will Smith, one of my, my favorite celebrity. And I seen his face. So I'm like, oh, cool. And uh, the book was called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And uh, he said it was his favorite book. And he said, you talk about going on a spiritual journey. But like ultimately, like this book really helped me find my purpose or helped me find direction. So mm. I didn't think nothing of it. Like a week later, I pull up to my guy's house. I knock on the door. He's like, it's open. I open the door. I've been to his house tons of times. But when I open the door, I see his book sh- uh, bookshelf and I kid you not, like my eyes like zoomed in on it, like locked in on the book. And I've seen again, I've seen that bookshelf. I don't know how many times like the book didn't just magically appear, but something drew me to it. It was the same book in the magazine, Paulo Coelho, The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. And I, I pointed and I was like, yo, you got that book? He was like, what? I was like, this is uh, an alchemist. He was like, yeah, man, it's dope. You want to borrow it? And I said, yeah. I read the book in like a week. But uh, and I'm not a reader. So when I say that, like when I pick the book up, I, it just gravitated towards me. I put it, picked it up, couldn't put it down. I read it in a week. I'm not a fast reader at all. It was only like 250 some pages, nothing crazy, but like I smacked it. Um, But ultimately, like I say that, and the biggest thing in the book is when you really, really want something like you, like deep inside. And I say that like when y'all listening, like what be, what keep you up at night? What wake you up and like really be pissing you off or something? Or like you really want that, whatever that is, like that that might be a purpose. But I say that because. The book, the whole premise was if you really, really want something, you truly want it, the universe will help you conspire to achieve it. So and that for me, like I like that was before I got in a strength condition when I saw that book. But that's what I really wanted to be. And I took a chance on it. I was like, you know what, let's go. So dropped everything, went straight forward. And uh, I can say that now like on this end of it, like I'm nowhere near I want to be. But I look back and like, man, like I had I had a hell of a run. It's like it's wild. Like I, I laugh thinking about it. I'm like, man, it really went down like that. But I say that because you really, really have to believe it before anybody else believes it. Like your mama might believe in you, but she might supposed to be right. Like your parents, like they, they, like you're their kid. <laughs> but before all that, because there's plenty of doubters out there, we've seen all we call them haters, right? Like they're out there everywhere. And so you have to really believe it because on your journey, things going to be sent to destroy you. So it's like, mm-hmm. yo, you really want it? Show me how bad you want it. And like it's going to be some hard moments. And everybody has like a point in their moment in their journey where it's like a turning point. You're like, damn, like, do I really want to do this or go through this? Because like this situation I'm in, like, this is really, really tough. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, but everyone has that moment. It's different mm-hmm. for everybody. But 
and I've had mine too. But for me, it's again, like that book, like that perspective that it led me through. And honestly, the book, like the main character, he went through different stages throughout his life and throughout the book. And like, but it's all mm-hmm. applicable to our life. And uh, I don't want to ruin, ruin it because I do want people to read it. But um, that was the biggest thing, really. And he said, like I said before, man, if you really want something, like the universe will really conspire and like help you to achieve it. So for me, when I look back at my journey, like I really wanted to be a strength coach. And I said, I got to get out of my comfort zone. Oh, I'm going to go intern at Stanford and I'm going to work on the Corey. And then sure enough, it happened. But I really mm-hmm. wanted to be a D1. I want to be a head strength coach. I said, I, I'll even have like my little, uh, um, what do you call it? New Year's resolutions or your goals or whatever. Mm-hmm. On there, like maybe this is like five, six, seven years ago. I don't know how early it was, but I said, I wanted to, I wanted to get my master's. I wanted to get a grad assistant position and get my master's in exercise science or related field. And I look back, I'm like, dang, I actually checked that box too. Like have a vision. Like if I, if I'm trying to like end it on anything, like have a vision and then have a plan to like execute. It ain't gotta be perfect. Be prepared to make mistakes. But when you really trying to achieve something, like you gotta go in a hundred percent. People say 110. I don't believe like give your best ever is a hundred percent. I don't know how you can give more than that, but give your, give your best, whatever that is. And I'm like something's going to happen and it's going to try you in that moment and you're going to show up and you're going to swim, like I said before, or you're going to sink. But ultimately, it's on you, regardless of your situation. Like, yo, I, I didn't have no networks. I didn't have no background connections, none of that. But people say they got out the mud or got it off strength. Like I did that. I had help, too, at some point along the way, for sure. But initially, early on, like ain't nobody like drive me nowhere. Like I had to get there. Like I got myself there. People opened the door and had opportunities for me. But ultimately, they didn't do that because they, they, they did that because of my work ethic, like how I showed up and showed out, which is something I always say, show up, show out. So, um, yeah, man, like that'd be the biggest thing I pass on to anybody. If you're listening, if you want something, you, it's possible. You just got you got to push for it. And it ain't going to be easy. Trust me, if it was easy, you would have had it already and you wouldn't even be in the situation. But mm-hmm. every want, nothing comes without sacrifice. And if you want it bad enough, trust me, you'll find a way. Hmm. Can't end the episode any better than that, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I read the Alchemist too. I got put on from Kobe. I watched an interview something from me. He, you know, talked about the book. So I can co-sign. It's a good book, man. So all my readers out there, go get the book. All my non-readers, get the book. So like you said, it's probably like a really at longest should take you maybe two weeks to really read. It's not that part of a read. It's a good book, man. So. It's a short read. It's an easy read. It's not anything crazy like that. Like trust me, like if. If you unsure where you at, or if you are sure, like trust me, like read that book, that'll provide you a lot of clarity. It's profound for me. Like if I if there's any book I put somebody on, it's that's the that's the one. Yeah. I'm probably trying to reread that pretty soon, man. So but yeah, that's that's perfect way to end it, man. So anything else you want to say, lead the people with, promote, anything like that? Um no, I mean, I mean, I, I dropped my socials earlier, but yeah, uh the big one performance dot hoops. On Instagram, if you want to follow that one, that's where you can reach me at. Uh, I drop content there on there often. So some you want to see, if you want to reach out and just connect, I'm available, man. Like I'm not one of the people who say that, and then you never hear from me. Like if you reach out, I will respond. <laughs> um, it might take me a minute, but I do check the little request box on Instagram. So I see if like if people do reach out, we may not be following each other or something like that. But um, I'm an open book, man. If you want to just talk shop, that's cool. If you want to ask me who I think got the best handle in the NBA or anything like, like I'm open, man. Like I love basketball. So if you come in with something in that regard, you definitely hear from me, but um, yeah, man, no, I appreciate the opportunity though, for sure. Yes, sir. Appreciate you coming on. So let's see everybody. Um, that's it. It was a great interview. Great talk to Josh. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It was fun for me. I enjoyed hearing the story. So it was great to finally have him on. 
But uh, if you enjoyed it, I need you to go ahead and subscribe and like the video. Like you can't, you can't enjoy the conversation in any of you, but not like the video. That just, that just goes hand in hand in my opinion. That makes sense. So that yeah. makes sense. So you gotta like the video if you like the conversation. Like if you at this point, I'm pretty sure you like it because this, this is pretty long talk but it's a good talk so it's it's worth it so go ahead and subscribe and like it if you like me just a little bit i appreciate it if you don't it's fine too subscribe to me on social media any anything and anywhere it's at b ball jones b-e ball jones it's pretty basic and easy i made it unique for that reason so if you try to type it in you will find me and only me so as i grow more it's gonna, it's gonna make more sense and of course like he said follow man on instagram uh coach JW underscore on Instagram and also that's his personal but if you want to get into the business the performance training and everything he does in the garage workout workouts like he talked about earlier follow him at performance.hoops on Instagram as well so uh, that's it appreciate you listening appreciate you watching if you're on YouTube and um, that's it man go read a book go uh, have your mama mentality moments go to Boston and find your wife and move to Houston too. <laughs> uh, go be great, man. Have fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, appreciate the job for coming on again. See y'all next week for another episode.